We individualize training in the pool. So why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Barney of Barney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. Swim Angelfish. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. Let's go there. So I told, I told uh, Nate, my producer, that I was going to do this, and a couple of other guys, and uh, they were like, oh, you got to record it. And I was like, last time I did this, we went live with Ben. And like, really? Wasn't he in a hotel room or something? I was like, yeah, I swear we went live. So I'm like, i got to go live again, man. So we're, we're live around the world, <laughs> mate. So cheers mm. to you. Cheers to you, good man. Drinking a little whiskey here. Good to see mm. you. Mate, where, where are you right now, exactly? Right, right now, I am on my balcony because mm. my eight-year-old daughter is on the phone inside and it's loud as you like. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, it's, luckily, it's quite warm tonight, so I'm all right. But I'm sitting out on my balcony at a, a little dining table. I've mm. got a little beer. I've got a little water. I'm staying hydrated. Mm. And I'm chatting to a good-looking Australian. You know what I mean? That's the best it gets, mate. That's it. <laughs> there you go. That is about as good as it gets. Just need a Barbie on the go. And mm. <laughs> we've ticked all the boxes. A couple of people coming into the stream here. We've got Alfonso saying you're the top G. That's true. Good point. What's happening, Alfonso? Good point. Very good point, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> and then we've got, uh, I don't know who this is. This is a little handle here. But he. But they're saying how how did you get started coaching and what was the process like? Well, that's a that's a that's a way back question. Ooh, that is going back. Okay, so um, I started teaching and coaching when I was probably 15, 16 type time, which is real and unusual, hey? A, a little bit. I mean, I did it. You know, most people have a paper round or do whatever they do, and that was mm. my way of making just a little bit of cash. True. And I was still I was still swimming at the time, and. Uh, the main reason I got into coaching, I was sort of intrigued as to why I would do certain things in training and my friends who lived, you know, just down the road would do something different. And, uh, and initially getting into coaching, all the stuff I liked about being a swimmer, I liked traveling. I liked yeah. staying in hotels. Mm. I liked, uh, getting to meet different people from different parts of either the country or the world or, and mm -hmm. coaching at, at the start was something that sort of allowed me to do that. So I coached a few years in uh age group team in a place called chester in the uk which is where my folks still live and my brothers gibbo fucking gibbo's in the chat Look there him. he is i chatted <laughs> to gibbo for about an hour yesterday the boy so, um yeah so so that's how it started really and then i went to loughborough 
to study. And my plan was to go to Loughborough to coach and study sports science. And I remember chatting to my mum and dad and saying, look, I want to be a coach. And they said, like any good parent should say, well, there's not much money in coaching. Why would you want to do that? And I said, I don't really know, but it's what I want to do. So um, I actually went to Loughborough a week early, stayed on the floor, uh, stayed on the floor of a friend of mine who was already there studying and went to the coach at the time, Mike Perabrun, and said, look, here's my, here's what I've done. Here's some sessions. Here's my CV. I'll be honest. I don't think he really cared. I think he just needed someone to look after, which was at the time the the lowest group in, in, in Loughborough. And this mm-hmm. is going back when they just trained in a four-lane 25-yard yeah. pool. It was just, yeah. just a uni program. So I went there a week early, got my CV in. My mentality was I want to get there before anybody else thinking this would be some coveted job. I actually don't think anyone else wanted it. But went there and did that and started with the lowest group. And within four months, had moved up and was sort of the assistant coach, if you like. And then a guy called Ian Armager, a good friend of mine, a big mentor of mine, came in and uh, we he gave me my own group. And... Um, and it pretty much went from there. So I was, I was actually some of the summers. In fact, Petey asked me this this morning. He asked how long I'd been in coaching because he knew I coached Mel. Mm. And he said, and 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 it just bowled on really quickly. I think my first Commonwealth Games as a coach was in '98, and I would have been about 20. Mm. My first head coach position, I was 21 at the World University Games. I was actually still an undergraduate at university. <laughs> wow. When when I was head coach of the British team. And and then world champs and Olympic head coach by the time I was 30 and things like that. So um, that's how it started. And all of those things that I really enjoyed at the time, the travel, the staying in hotels, all of that stuff, they actually become things that as you get, you know, a few decades into your coaching, you start to think, oh, bloody hell, do I have to go away quite as much? Do I have to go family? Yeah. It does. It does. So it's it's funny how that sort of mm-hmm. that life cycle of a, of a coach as a coach goes by. Now, I'm extremely blessed to be able to travel and, and meet different people and get to speak to people like you and have friends all around the world. Um, but, yeah, it's funny how it goes through that you sort of get into it because of that. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh, actually, maybe I need to stay here. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, it does go full circle like that. I've had that feeling. Yeah. You live in Spain. Have you managed to pick up uh, the the language? The uh, My best part of my best piece of Spanish is this. Disculpe. Disculpe, amigo. Mi español no es bueno. And uh, I think if you start with, I think if you start with that, anything else is uphill so then they'll say like no no in spanish your english you know your spanish is very good and then it and then it gets into trouble so i would say i would say that actually my spanish is getting better in terms mm-hmm. of coffee shop spanish you know what i mean i can order what i want i can get food i can get drink i can go to the supermarket but can i have a conversation with an athlete about you know what they're doing at the weekend and how's the family and all that, that would be a little bit more tricky. So I do coach in English and that was part of the proviso of me, of me coming here was that I would coach in English. Um, and Fred Venu actually gave me some interesting insight about how there's just way more words in English that are relevant to coaching than there mm. is in Spanish. And, and even that, even this, here you go, this will sum it up for you. There is no word for coach in Spanish, it's entrenador, so a trainer. Oh. And my and my point is, we're not. I'm not a trainer. You know what I mean? I have this thing about teaching 
training, teaching and coaching. And um, training is the easy piece, you know, like literally training is the easy piece. Anyone can make up numbers and say, okay, it's 16100s, it's 3100s, it's 6400s, it's yeah. 2450s. It's, yeah. that's, that's training. So the fact that they don't have a word for coach here in, in Spain in general is actually a bit of a mytho. And I think it's a big mistake. I think it, that's, that's one of the reasons why a lot of their swimmers here, they work hard, they train hard, and they do have some great coaches. But, it, it, it you know, it starts from something as fundamental as that, that they don't mm. have a word for coaching. So. Ben, you know, you know I work for Any Question now. And a lot of what I do at Any Question is talking to a lot of the world's top people let's say with expertise like people that have really mastered their craft and and got to the top of wherever they're at and so i talk to these people all day long and so i i hear these commonalities i talk to fbi agents i talk to the world's best track athletes coaches and, and you know everybody that you can imagine right is on this app and they're the they're the world leaders of what they do they've, they've separated themselves but when it comes to swim coaching i think it's pretty universal that anyone i talk to about you, Ben, you are regarded as, if not the best, one of the best. Like you're in this small bucket of coaches that have made themselves elite, right? And and we see that in athletes. And you're you're dealing with one right now. You know, you got the best uh, breaststroker in the history of the planet swimming with you for a little while right now. And and you've seen what makes him elite. So like, if you could give some advice to a coach to say this is how you go from being a good coach to a great to maybe even elite and maybe separate yourself, but just have a look at yourself in terms of like if someone was looking at you as as a coach from afar, what would they see in you? Oh, great question. And, and I would think that what they would see in me has changed over the course of my over the course of my career, you know, if you will get to go back 25 years, a bit more than that now, I guess, <coughs> to the early days in Loughborough, um, I would say I was a lot more stubborn, a lot more, um, I, I mean, a bit of a tool, if I'm being honest with you, you know what I mean? Just in terms of, I, I think some things don't change. The high expectations don't change. The setting standards don't change. But maybe the way you get to those points or the way that you sell those standards or expectations to athletes change instead of it being you know no you've got to do it this is the way it's done boom 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 it's more of a not cajoling but a lot of coaching is trying to convince people to do things that either they i don't want to say don't want to do but maybe they don't think is possible and you've got to sell sell it to them that it is um and there's different ways to do that, right? So I think that the way I do that has changed over over time. And that's using, you know, Adam's only here for a couple of weeks just for a visit. I'm helping out his coach, Mel. This isn't some, you know, there's no big story there. Yeah, it's we're going to get to that. Well, actually, I was going to yeah, ask you that. No, no, there's no, 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 no. It, I mean, my friendship with Mel is is obviously goes back a couple of decades. And, and Adam was in a place where she wanted him to, just have a bit of a different stimulus and be around someone that can maybe help him think in different ways or, or be more positive and, <clears throat> and to have a good time. And so that's, that's what we're doing here. But again, my, the reason I bring that up is because the way I would have coached Mel 
20 years ago um, is a lot different than the way I'm probably coaching Adam now 20 mm. years later, even right. though the lineage, if you like, through me to Mel to Adam um, is is sort of the same. You know, there'll be a lot of similar traits, I'm sure, that have been passed down. So, yeah, in terms of coaches, well, I mean, you've got to love what you do. You've got to care a lot about the athletes. And sometimes I think in chatting with James, James Gibson yesterday, we, we spoke for a long time about his new role at FINA and life mm. and kids and mm. and everything else. And, you know, I really enjoy chatting to my old athletes slash peers now slash friends uh, about these sorts of things because they, they have such great insights on things. And um, but the way I would have coached those guys would be a lot different than what I probably coach people now so what would people see when they look at me i i don't know i mean you could dive into the depths of things and say well there's a lot of quality in our workouts you right. could go into those things about standards and expectations um and a lot of that stuff though you, you don't you don't really get it until you've had to go through it you know i've made more mm -hmm. mistakes and i'm making mistakes now i've made more mistakes than i've done good things i would think um, or at least you remember those things more. And maybe that's mm. another trait of a, of, a, of a great coach is that they remember the things that, ah, I should have done that better. You know, I could still recount to you now. And I think I've mentioned this to you before, a set that I came up for with James Gibson back in the Sweetenham days. And I, at the time, I thought, and even now, it, it, it would be an amazing set. But it was the wrong set at, at, at the wrong time for the wrong it's person. Funny that, that you know, it's, it's funny that you've mentioned that twice, right? Like, so... Mm. So to me, because it, it sticks with on, me. It well, on a deeper me. level, guys that's what I mean. A, on a deeper level, you seem like an unsettled soul. Like, like there, there's there's something yeah. in you that strives for perfection, and when you don't reach it, it it lingers in you. It you hold that in, and so like there's an unsettled settlement there. It's like, and that's what makes you great. Ultimately, is like you're 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 unsatisfied with your own limitations or or where you've fallen down, and that that like that you hold that man you really do hold that stuff i do <laughs> and that probably is a good thing for coaching i'm not sure it's a great thing for life if, right, if right. i'm being if i'm being honest and yeah, yeah, um sure. a world short course in melbourne what four months ago i sat and me and dean boxall had a big long conversation about you know without getting into too many specifics about relationships and coaches mm -hmm. and particularly coaches in australia and mm -hmm. strains on a lot of their olympic coaches you know family lives right. and i think I, I do think that sometimes that the best coaches do go through a stage in their career where they get to a point where it's a bit it's a bit too much it's a bit too you know i mean they need to almost take a step back and say hold on what's really important in my life and if i get that right then i can get back to still keeping the standards still keeping the expectations mm -hmm. but you have to find that little balance and for a long time in my life i didn't really have that balance per se i just wanted to coach i wanted to get great results and uh i still do but obviously now with twins and another daughter and family and everything else it it it, it does change a little bit and you know chatting with fred vernu recently oh. about you know again without getting into details but family situations and this is a guy who's a great swim coach who um i've learned a lot from and we have great discussions from and again family family is important and um i think there's there's a handful of coaches you said i'm a you know in a handful of and thank you for your kind words a handful of of the best coaches in the world i'd say there's a smaller number 
or an equally small number who actually really stay at the top level and manage their family situation, yeah. their life situation, yeah. um, uh, really, yeah. really just as well. And right. Right. I think that's got to be a goal. If you want to stay in coaching, if you want to really make, make an impact, that's got to be a, a big goal as well, you know? So we're sort of getting away from performance. No, they, they, look, honestly, that's where I, that's, that's where I hold Eddie Reese up in really high regard. I mean, Eddie's regarded as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Right. Like, but, yeah. but I see his, his marriage, I see his kids, I see his grandkids, I see his relationship. And, and that is like the gold standard of like being the best coach you can be, but also managing and maintaining family. And, I don't know the ultimate dynamics, you know, that went on throughout that 40 years or 50 years of time that he's put into this and all the background. I'm sure there was, there was some tough times, right? But, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he seems to have come out of it, you know, well, but, but you're well, right, I, yeah, it's a I think, small percentage. Well, I think that's a very great point. It'd be very interesting to have a sit down with someone like an Eddie Reese or a... I mean, I don't want to say any other names because I don't know about yeah. their personal histories and I don't right. know Eddie's personal history. But it would be very interesting to find out if there was a point, you know, 15, 10, 15, 20 years into his career where he was like, oh, I need to get this balance a little bit yeah, better. Yeah. And you're right, yeah. come through the other side with wisdom and, and, yeah. and knowledge. And like I said before, maybe making mistakes and learning from them that um, yeah. it'd be interesting to find out if, if someone like that went through that, that same sort of a... Yeah cycle of coaching i guess yeah well listen last time i spoke to you you were headed to spain what's it like now that you're there and what's going on there like to give me an idea of the environment what's happening there it's definitely a project it's definitely a project i would say this that i've got um very good very good management you know sean kelly luis uh, ricardo these people who work for spanish swimming i think they've really put together a, a good structure um so there's good support from that side of things we're based here in in car which is in san Cugat, which is just outside barcelona and it's beautiful it's an expensive part of the world but it's beautiful and uh um, near a beach well i mean there's a beach in barcelona i'm yeah, sort of yeah. just over the mountains at the back okay. of barcelona so i'm right. further away from the beach i'm right near the all these hills you can go i bought an electric bike the other day mm. like an electric mountain bike type thing yeah, electric lazy devil but I know I wouldn't do it if I, if it wasn't electric, but there's a lot of bike trails and, and, and woods and hills and all of that stuff. So if you're ever in Barcelona and you look back and you'll see this big telecom tower, you'll see this big three steeple church looking type thing. It's just over the hill. So it only takes about on the metro, about 20 minutes direct from San Cugat to, to the center of Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, and we train at a place called Car, uh, which is there's a lot of Spanish sports are based there um and on paper everything sounds awesome you know two 10 lane 50 meter pools and uh one outdoor one indoor and things like that there is challenges though there's a lot of challenges with regards to in my in my opinion the the performance um i have to be careful what i say here with the performance outlook maybe that that the place provides um they cater for a lot of sports at a yeah. lot of different levels yeah and it maybe isn't quite as focused on 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 elite elite level as it as i would like it to be and maybe they'd say well that's not what we're there for and, and they're mm -hmm. well within their rights to say so yeah. um so yeah i won't get into the little minutiae of things but but there's just little things that they that they have to try to change 
which would seem really minuscule to to a normal person but just sells uh, an attitude of it's it's good enough oh, it's all right it's okay it's good enough and and that really is a is that cultural you think is that is that I tough to overcome I think it is a little bit in in, mm. in certain ways, but but listen, they're not afraid of working hard, and, mm. and they're, they're, they're they're the nicest people, and uh, and I really like coaching the, the group that's here, um, and we do have a mix of international and Spanish kids, but I think of the seven Spanish kids we've got in the group, I think six made the the world's team for Spain, which is a, oh, good. a big right. a big step forward for them, and they all went best nice. times and things like that. So. Nice. Things will move forward. Um, it won't. We're losing him a little bit. Hopefully, he'll come back. Can you see me? Yeah, we're just uh, we're lo we're losing you a bit. There we go. I think you're back now. Are you there? Man? I can see you. Yeah, you're just a little you're a little choppy. Now. I don't know what happened there. You just kind of fell out for a second. You're, uh... Well, yeah, I'll tell you what's happening. It's because I'm sitting on the balcony. That's what's happening. Hold on. Let me see if... Uh, Someone's playing me. with your Wi-Fi back Sorry, there. mate. We, you come second to the eight-year-old at the moment. That's very normal in my life. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this is live television, everybody. We've got 49 people in the in the comments here. Appreciate it. I'm going to need to have to come in there. I'll try and put uh, I'll try and put some more comments up. If you guys have got more comments, by the way, for Ben, I'll try and stick a few more in here along the way. Um, I'm coming inside, mate. So the internet will be a bit better. Yeah, no worries. Let me ask you this while you're walking. So the the PD situation, um, the PD situation is just a two week thing. Is it is it is it possibly? you know, uh, is it going to be ongoing, like in terms of like maybe coming in and out at times, or is it just like a two-week thing and done? Uh, I mean, at the moment, there's been no discussions about anything other than it's just a two-week thing to, to help out Mel and Adam. And uh, now whether or not they want to do anything more in the future, that's up to them, really. It's yeah, not yeah. really, you know, it's not with the greatest of respect, it's not my job to coach British breaststrokers. But what <laughs> is is I've done that before with Gibbo. What is um, what is in my remit a little bit is trying to bring in not trying to bring in, but to use our assistance of international kids who are at a higher level than what the Spanish kids are to raise everyone's expectations. I spoke yeah. before about standards and everything yeah. else. And yeah. I really think that's that's making a big impact. I've actually, tomorrow I get on a train for a couple of hours and go and visit the parents of a young, uh, a young girl. I won't give too many specifics, but a young girl who I think could be really, really good. Oh, you have to um, do some recruiting, do you? I wouldn't even say it's recruiting. I'm just meeting the parents to to meet them, to introduce myself because their their child has been with us for a camp for a week and is coming again in about two weeks, I think, for another camp. And um, but but again, the mentality of them is that well, it's they're too young to move, and I'm not talking about this 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 individual moving per se full time. But we'd be crazy if we miss out on the opportunity of having. A great athlete and she's a backstroke have a great have a, having a great young athlete 
have the opportunity to train against Kylie Maas or Kira Toussaint or, you know, people like that, that those opportunities aren't going to be around yeah. for the entire history of Spanish swimming. It's here right now because I'm here. Right. And I think that to pass up on that, you're really missing a trick. You know, mm. we've had this conversation before about, let's say, Penny Alexiak. Penny Alexiak developed quicker than maybe she would have because she was exposed to athletes like Chantel Van Landegem and yeah. Sandrine Mainville and people like that. Um, you could say the same thing about Kyla Sanchez. You could say the same thing about Taylor Rook. You could say the same thing about Summer McIntosh. Um, there was this pipeline of learning from or shooting for the best athletes in the world. Right. And, um, you know, I, I just think that you're crazy if you miss that opportunity. We're crazy here in, in Car in San Cugat with Adam, Adam today, for example, at the end of the workout, um, he did a 20, 25 minute, half an hour session with a bunch of the Catalan younger swimmers, breaststroke swimmers. Now, just the fact that it was Adam Petey standing there talking to them made a way bigger impact probably than what he <laughs> yeah. actually said. And, yeah. and I'm sure what he said was awesome. I actually wasn't in earshot of what was going on at, at the time, but, um, having an impact like that with these international kids being around is an opportunity for Spain and for Spanish athletes that again, yeah. they haven't necessarily had lots in the, in the past and it's, it might not happen a lot in the future. Yeah. And so, so, so again, trying to do little things like that, but back to your question about Adam, no, there's been, there's been no discussions about anything being passed just a few weeks. Again, Mel's reached out to me. I make fun of Mel about this probably for the last year since she wants to come out with the group and bring out everybody. And then one thing or another happens either on my end or on her end and it, and it doesn't work out. And, uh, and this time it did work out and he's yeah. here and he's having, he's having a great time. He's planning on walking tomorrow. I think from, he's obsessed with steps. I don't know why, but anyway, he's, uh, he's planning on walking. Should have seen him rock climbing yesterday. That was funny. <laughs> like an elephant going up the Himalayas, but he, um, <laughs> He uh, he's going to walk from San Cugat all the way to Barcelona over those hills I mentioned before. It's like a three and a half hour walk, but it's wow. going to be it's going to be great. So he's, yeah. he's getting out of his you know he's getting out of his routine a little bit and breaking things up. And he's awesome with the group. He's very positive. He's very professional, and um, hopefully he has a great time and goes back in great form. It's nice that he's relaxing and that he's chill, but like what side of him do you see that when you, when you see it, you're like, Oh, that, that's what makes him special. Like that, that's the separator. Is there anything that pops out straight away? I think his mentality, I think him working with Mel and Mel has a very, even as an athlete, Mel had a great mentality in terms of competitiveness. Oh, Mel's phenomenal. I, I'm a big yeah, fan. Really of Really good. Yeah, really good. So I see a lot of her in, in him, which is nice to see, I guess. Um, so on the mental side, there's that. <laughs> he's also massive. Do you know what he's, I mean? The guy is massive. He's, isn't he? he's a huge. He's a huge human being. He actually yeah, yeah. he arrived here on Sunday, so he's been here about a week now. And um, me and my wife and the twins, we took him out for lunch, and he, he's probably spent four hours literally just looking after the twins. And my twins are small, but in his mm. in his is in his big mitts, they look like. <laughs> Eight acorns in a gorilla's hand. You Who's know? this so, one behind you? This is, this is the eight-year-old. This is a gat. Thanks, a hey. for that. Hi. How are you? 
You're you're <laughs> live on television all around the world. There's people all around the world looking at you right now. He says you he says you're live on television and people are looking at you. Hi. Hi, she says. <laughs> there you go. Um, let me ask you this. Uh speaking of young talent, uh how did you feel about seeing Summer's results recently? Awesome. Awesome. Um Big fan of her, big fan of the family. They, yeah. um, you know, not just her, but her sister. Again, we, we've spoke at length about her. She's probably the most um, focused, wrong word maybe, but when she wants to do something, when she puts her mind yeah. to it, uh, she's second to none as you're seeing now. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just lucky to have played a you know a part in that for a couple of years in, in in helping her develop and same with josh and people like that who i mm, sort of had josh, to yeah. not not leave behind per se but you know when i moved here they're the the choices that you make as a as a coach or as an athlete or as a father yeah, and yeah. um but no really really pleased to see not surprised not surprised at all um yeah so really pleased to see that yeah and i, I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon you know she's, uh, <laughs> it doesn't look like it she, does it no and she's in a great place you know her coach yeah. um brent brent brent, brent Arkin, um yeah. yeah like he's a great coach and, and yeah. the program that she's in and the kids that she's around she's got people to chase and race yeah. And, yeah. so no i don't think i don't think the summer train will stop chew chewing uh, <laughs> yeah. for a little while yeah yeah she's real good she she is real good um what else was I going to say here? What what else is going on in Spain? So, in terms of the World Championships, have they have they picked their team officially? I think it's still a work in progress. They've picked. I want to say they've picked maybe eighteen. I think there's probably going to be, if I was to guess, there's probably going to be another two, three, four, five get selected. I, th I believe after the Barcelona men, Ostrom Bell. Oh, okay. sort of fine fine finalize it and, and their okay. relays and and like a lot of countries around the world they they want to try to post times to try to qualify relays and i think that whilst they maybe don't have really well they don't have relays that will be pushing for medals anytime soon you know at world short course for example the boys made maybe three or four relay finals and really stepped up and and did a good job on that the women are maybe a little bit behind but they're young and, and they'll progress and they're coming. So, um, they who's under your control, Ben, who, 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 that we should, I don't know, keep an eye on, but like, who, who's under your control where you're like, Oh, this, this kid's got something or, you know, a couple of people that we should kind of pay attention um, to. Well, I think at the moment, the, the, the group that we've got has got some athletes who, this is their first time making teams, you know, they're, they're, they're first time making senior teams anyway, or making mm. world level teams. So I probably don't really want to get too much into the names or put pressure on those kids on what they can do um, too much. But in lots of events, I think we had kids qualifying or win, you know, trials in medley events, in fly events, in freestyle events, in the hundred freestyle up to the 1500 freestyle we had the, the people that won all of those so um we'll see they're, they're they're relatively young like i say there's some really good younger ones younger than the group we've got um at the moment who i think can really make big steps forward hopefully the ones we've got in the group now can as well but i think it's all part of the process of of moving forward and getting more quality athletes into the group 
um, to sort of raise the level. You know what I mean? I would say at the moment, the pyramid is a little bit uh, pointy at the top rather than pointy at the bottom. And we've got to try and turn around rather than kids being happy making a team, turning it into kids yeah. who are trying to make finals, push for right. medals, all of that stuff. You know? That's a challenge. Vasa has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. Vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch. Add a few Vasa trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool. Go to vasatrainer.com, use code BREAD at checkout and get 10% off anything from Vasa. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, -T, at checkout. Destromachines.com. Um, how much say do you have overall are you are you just restricted to your club and your swimmers or how much say do you have in in spanish swimming like like a guy like hugo gonzalez do you have any influence any contact anything like that with him occasionally occasionally not anything too recent i mean up in up until uh, we were obviously around each other around at world short course and things like that and one of his coaches at cal is another of my old swimmers matt Bow. Oh yeah. Um, so I mean, he's a great talent. He's an awesome talent. I think mm -hmm. that he's a he's a very important part. If Spanish swimming is going to be successful in the short term, he's right. he's one of he's one of the most important cogs in the wheel, if you like. Um, yeah, yeah. So we will see. We will see. I mean, I'd love to have more interaction and and have an impact on the best athletes in Spain and. And he's obviously one of those, but at the end of the day, he has to decide what he wants to do, where he wants to be, and uh, what he wants to do in the sport. So, but super nice lad, very, um, mm -hmm. very thoughtful. Obviously, a talented athlete, but very yeah. thoughtful. Um, and uh, I think that that guy could have been great at any sport he wanted, probably. You know, so yeah, we're yeah. fortunate that, that he's in swimming. But um, yeah, he's a yeah, talent. We'll, we, yeah, he is. So we'll we'll see. Personal question back here. Are your kids in Spanish or British school? Great question. And I wish the answer was Spanish because it would save me an awful lot of money. Um, it depends which ones you're talking about. The eight-year-old, no, she's in a international school. Just because when, when she moved over from France to Canada, she couldn't speak English. And so moving to Canada... Um, she had to learn right she had to learn the language and that coincided unfortunately with covid and everything else and so that was a bit tricky and so my wife was of the opinion very wisely that if we were to move here to spain that it would be a bit unfair for her to start at the bottom again and have to relearn a new language mm -hmm, before right. you know to do school to make friends to be social and all of that stuff so no so we we suck it up and, and she's in a in an international school and uh, I'm losing more money than <laughs> I don't even want to think of a person who loses a lot of money. But anyway, it's it, she loves it. It's it's well worth it. And um, no, she's in a she's an English speaking school, but she is picking up Spanish a lot quicker than I am. And I'm yeah. sure within the next six months to a year, that young that young human being is going to be fluent in three languages. And as you know, someone somewhat responsible for her upbringing that. 
that makes me as 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 proud as um, any medals or any records that any of my athletes have broken. So hopefully setting them off on a good track, you know. I've Same often wondered, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's a good idea. But I mean, I've, I've also often wondered how someone like an international coach goes into a foreign country and then what part of what you do is your responsibility to pick up their language, but also maybe teach them English, you know, like, like English is, is the number one language in the world, I'd imagine. So it's like, what well, you know, every, everybody can at least handle it. Um, but yeah. So how, what's the balance between how much of your responsibility is learning Spanish, but also teaching them English at the same time? Great question. I think that just out of a respect piece, it, it's good for me to try to pick up as much Spanish as, as I can. Right, right. My, my, my wife is, is French by, by birth and by language, but she actually, she's fluent in Spanish. So I'm sort of the dumb one in the, in the family mm. in many, many ways. Um, I think it's, I think it's very important. I try to be better at Spanish and, you know, without bringing it back to coaching young people at an early age and, or at least having an impact on the young people at an early age, um, way easier to learn things when you're 13, 14, 15, yeah. than when you're, than when you're 45, 46, 47, 57, 60, whatever it is, you know? So, um, I will say this, that again, uh, I knew when I came here, I would be coaching in English and that's not going to change even if I'm here for 10 years, but you know, knowing how to say, leaving on the red top, knowing how to call out what a 28, 450 meter split mm, is or mm. whatever it might be. Trying little bits like that is important. I do wish I was better, but I will say this, that the level of English of the athletes in the group has tripled probably in the time that I've been here. And uh, I can think of a few very specific examples of people who maybe were quite shy in the past to when I first came to even communicate because they just felt their English was, you know, that I think they're either not very smart, which I never would, because, again, I can't speak their language, <laughs> yeah. but um, or not great, not fluent. Um, but I do think that's a great life skill. And particularly when yeah. you're on the world of, of, of international swimming and you move around and you yeah. want to understand that, you know, Adam Peaty is just a nice guy, human being like you, that, uh, who think of another one, I don't know, that Sarah Showstrom is a nice girl who can speak English and she's a human being just like you. Yeah. And so it takes away a bit of the mystique of, you know, these foreign kids who are speaking English on a yeah. side and I'm Spanish and I can't interact or I can't understand. Mm. They, they feel more part of that world and yeah. uh, understand that everyone's in kind of the same boat. And I do think that that actually from their perspective will be a great skill, not only to help them in their swimming, but for sure, for sure to help them in, in their life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you open to having young Spanish coaches come in and maybe observe, learn, ask questions while you're coaching? Yeah, we've had we've had lots of coaches come in and and and, uh, and observe. I think there was one Spanish swimming ran a a project that, and I'll get some details wrong here, but they ran a project where they invited in about thirty, I want to say thirty or forty coaches, maybe. Um, and I had to do a presentation for them. I had to. It sounds terrible. I did a presentation for them, and then they came and observed a couple of workouts, and then they actually the coaches had to apply to be uh, an apprentice coach, I guess you could say, 
in one of the centers so whether it's in car in san cugat or in blume which is in uh, madrid or they have a more of a distant sea open water one in malaga and so from that short list of people who applied they then selected two coaches for each place and and so we do have there is sort of mentorship place uh, things in place for um for young coaches in i say young they don't have to be young for coaches who want to continue learning um and they're always welcome to come on the poolside you know they're always yeah. welcome to come okay. and ask and can i come and watch we actually have a french coach a french coach coming in five days i think um mm -hmm. who's going to stay for about a month i think you know oh, wow. their own pocket yeah. they're coming to share and and we've had uh as a swedish one coming at some point and, and so there's there's not just spanish ones it's international coaches and, okay. and they always bring a different perspective and we had a danish mm. coach on the deck the last few days so um sharing ideas you know it's one of my big bugbears with co some coaches yeah is the is the arrogance that well my way is the only way and it's the best way and it's right, this right. and it's that and it's not true you know we all learn from each other we all will see something or hear something and think oh that would work for that athlete or this might work for this person um and so i'm a big believer in in sharing as much as possible and and, and learning and listening as much as possible it doesn't matter whether you're you know one of the best coaches in the world or someone who's just starting off in the game there can always be something whether it's an experience from their life or their relationships or their from a different sport maybe um that you can learn from and i think that's real real key yeah. piece of, of developing as a coach absolutely um another one here we're not going to spend too much time on this i mean it's clear that it's two zero my way you know to 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 me zero you ben but we're not going to spend a lot of time on this like i did have assistance i had the suits so i had some help <laughs> but when it, when are you finally going to get someone to go under 21 ben for the men's freeze well you'd have to <laughs> get josh leander a spanish passport that would uh that might yeah, help. That'd help a lot yeah yeah um, um hey, let me ask you this uh, forget that question but in terms of josh leander and, and swimming fast long course he, he's obviously he obviously done really well short course um yards how does someone go from being really good yards to then translating it transferring it to being really good meters you're a coach how do, how do you how do you go about this I actually really, I actually really like the format of training in short course yards for sprint events. I think right, that, yeah. you know, whenever I go on a training camp to Florida, for example, at Pinecrest and coach Mariusz and, and coach Jay Fitzgerald and all those yeah. guys, and I've been going there for over 20 years that I love using the short course yards pool for speed work and, right. you know, having the 50 meter pool right next to it, where you can transfer into the long course is also very, very helpful. But I just think that the average, you know, the average speed that you go, because you're carrying more momentum, you can probably hold a higher stroke rate, all of those things, the breath control element of training short course yards. I think it's actually a, a really nice supplementary piece of training for a lot of those sprint sprint people and i know a lot of sprint athletes are attracted to the nc2a and so the stats on things are a little bit skewed because for the best sprint swimmers go into that world yeah. then they're still going to be the best sprint swimmers when they come out of that world you know yeah um yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like short I like short course for quality work. We do a lot of our quality workouts even here in Spain short course, which is something they've never really done before. Short course meters, that is, not short course yards. Um it's always Do you feel like again. it's like a switch in mentality though? Like do they have to 100%. change their mentality? Hundred percent they do. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, why are we doing this short course but we race long course? Well, you can hold way faster time short course, not just because mm-hmm. you know, it's less distance or you're pushing off a wall more, or you're fly kicking more. You, if you just took the pure swimming speed, the pure swimming speed is better short course as well. Yeah. So um, yes, there is a switch in that in that mentality a little bit, and, uh, mm-hmm. and again, that's that's just you know I've been thinking a lot about altitude recently, and altitude is something I've never really done. And we've had athletes go up there and we've had some of our athletes go and swim with Andy Mandy from, you know, Andy's one of my best friends. I've actually asked him to be the, the godfather to one of my twins, seeing as I'm nice. the godfather to one of his boys, who's nice. actually going to be an awesome swimmer as well. Old Austin, he's a, he's, he's, he's got Adam Peaty genes, that kid, he's, <laughs> he's already, he's already taller than me. But um been thinking about altitude and, and, and that whole, you know, let's say if you're in Sierra Nevada, doing the aerobic work at Sierra Nevada and coming down to Granada to, to do the speed work on an afternoon and do that maybe twice or three times a week. So you can keep short course, real quality, closer to sea level, and then go straight back up to Sierra Nevada and continue with your, your aerobic work. Yeah. When I was over in Australia in uh, December, myself and Sean Kelly, and uh, was it just me and Sean went to Tim Kerrison's house up in the mountains there mm. on the Gold Coast overlooking Jimmy. and we had some mate we had some kangaroo on the barbecue it was unbelievable mm. um sorry to all the vegetarians made my mouth water there I was like damn mate, barbecue bug. kangaroo that is a bit of rude was right <laughs> up my street anyway yeah. we we're speaking about altitude and and how with with cyclists that he's he's worked with you know and all the tour de france's that they've won how mm. he's convinced that doing that that, that doing the aerobic workouts there or, or living the high and training low is key similar sort of thing with the short course and the long course to a certain extent, yeah right you know what i mean mm. when you when you when you look at it so uh no i like the short course i like the short course yards i think there's it's really really good for speed type athletes would i think it's perfect for a long distance female athlete to do all of their stuff short course yards not no, necessarily no. now but no. um again this but the speed element of it is is still key and whether we like it or not people now are fast you know what i mean mm. they're fast mm. um i did a talk i don't know if i used these stats with you recently because i had to do a talk and i actually did this talk to the uh i think i probably did tell you this before but i did some stats on you know the top six at the world uh open water championships in i think it was 2021 i want to say 2022 can't remember must have been one and their average best time in the 1500 was in the 1440s you know you look at the you look at the average of the top 10 world ranked women in the olympic year in the 200 freestyle and their average of their 50 freestyle is something like 24 8 do you, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. they still, they, everybody still has to go fast. And so when yeah. you ask me about short course yards, yeah. swimming fast is, is what we try to do, right? So, yeah, that's true. Question here from my producer here, swim nerd. So Nate, Nate's in the comment section. He's saying, what do you make of the Americans not being the world superstar right now? You've got Popovich, you got summer, you got Leon. It's like, you know, 
American less superstar. You know, Dressel's on the sideline right now. There's no real go-to in America, is there? There's no person. There's no Phelps. There's no. I mean, I guess. Well, there's Ledecky. Okay, let's 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 be fair. Ledecky's yeah. still Ledecky, right? But um, yeah. yeah, you know, they're, they're not the they're not the names that kind of come to to mind right now in in terms of world superstars. You know. So, what do you think of that? I think everything goes in cycles, and I have no doubts that America will be back to being you know having the people who are the names that we recognize and break the world records and that we know when they're all ready to go you know when it's olympics time i think you'll see them all come out you can already think of again someone that one of my old swimmers coaches that is his name hunter armstrong maybe in the backstrokes mm, hunter, who, yeah. who, who goes super fast right and mm. um <clears throat> so i think there's a lot of people like that who are still there i just don't think maybe the Americans who've showed all their cards yet, or they're, they're in the process of the next cycle of people coming through. And I haven't followed it closely enough to be able to give you names, but I know that a country of, you know, the best part of 400 million people with effectively 200 national, you know, you're talking about a national center in Spain, national center. We don't have a, we don't have a touchpad at our national center you know what yeah, I mean? yeah but listen you know when so, you started at canada it was kind of the same thing man and then you turn no, Canada to superpower you know yeah but what i'm my point being that there's no way a country with great coaches like america has with a huge population and with 200 programs who are funded with 50 meter pools there's no way that there isn't going to be a cycle of the next athletes that come through sure, who sure. will be the the summers the leons the yeah. the popovichis and those and those sorts of people um, right, but but uh, when would... you were when you were at Canada and you were creating this juggernaut, like I've seen the photo of you with all the medals. I mean that that wasn't uh, reality before you got there. There's no way in, in hell that happens without without Ben Titley turning up. So it's like you you made them believe that they could compete with America and they could beat America. So yeah. you're now in Spain. How do you, how do you change this mentality? How do you even start to change that mentality of like, you're good enough. You can compete, mm -hmm. you can win that kind of thing. You know, it's a, it's a great question. A great observation. That, that is the biggest part of it. I think, I think that of the three projects that I've really been involved in, I've only really had three jobs, you know, and I do believe that if you're good, we've had this discussion before, if you're good at something, you tend to stay at it for a little while right. you try to see it through right. and, you, and you do the best you can. And when I started in Loughborough in the four lane, 25 yard pool, yeah, you built it up to it. You know, by the time I left in 2012, it's a juggernaut with, I don't know how many people on the Olympic team and right. world champions and world record holders and all that. And then you go to Canada and you start again yeah. and you're in, you're in more of a uni program mm -hmm. in a couple of lanes and it builds up and it progresses. And then by the time you leave, it's, it's what it is now. And I would say Spain is probably the best start point that I've had and mm. you know you could argue there but with with experience that attracts maybe better athletes and, and and all of that stuff but i do think it's the best start point now i don't think anything spectacular is going to happen for a, for a couple of years but yeah. um there's the possibilities like i say there's good management and and they have good coaches and they do have talented athletes it's whether or not those athletes make the decisions to swim with someone like me or or to develop the way that they maybe need to or would 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 be best for them uh, so you build belief by daily um 
decisions basically is, is basically saying you come into my program and I'm going to hold you so accountable that you're forced to make great decisions, which will then build confidence to make you believe that you can compete with anyone. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I think you'd be close. A couple of words you used, we spoke before about the journey through coaching and, you know, you hold accountable and you'd be forced. They're probably words I would have used 15, 20 years ago. I think now it's more of a trying to make them understand what the right decisions are, what they're actually capable of, what fast swimming is. Um, because 99% of the time, people are capable of way more than what they think right. they can do, you know, right, right. In, all, in, all, in all forms of life. I've been obsessed recently in the last 48 hours. You're going to think I'm an idiot, but with <laughs> like, with fasting, you know, and mm -hmm. I just went for an all you can eat sushi for lunch and my wife cooked a massive meal for dinner. So it's not like I've, <laughs> I'm fasting, but I've been obsessed with the benefits of, let's say, a three day water fast or a seven day mm -hmm. water fast. And I spoke with my assistant coach, Olaf, um, today about it. And it turns out he's been doing he's done this before and the benefits of it and this sort of stuff. And I'm not talking for swimming. I'm talking just, you know. What can we do? But I didn't even think that human beings could go, you know, 40 days without food and just drink water and still right. be healthy and functional. I'm like, that makes no sense. I'm like right. starving. I'm starving by lunchtime and I need to eat some chocolate biscuits. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think you'd be fun to be around, but you could possibly. No, I, I know. Well, anyway, I'm going to try it just to see what it's like at some point. But again, my point being, we are capable of way, way, yeah, way, way yeah. more than we let ourselves believe a lot of the yeah. time. And, and and Spain here is no different than that. Now is their challenges, culture, culturally, um, you know, take something as simple as this, that we finish training at six o'clock, but in Spain, they don't eat dinner till eight o'clock, 8.30, you know? So if you've got athletes who finish at six, they've just swum for two hours, they maybe did an hour's gym before that, they're probably gonna go home and snack on something. And then they're gonna eat again at 8.30 because that's what their family do or where they live. That's where people eat. And there's all sorts of research on how eating late at night is a terrible thing for your recovery process, for mm. hormone production, for sleeping better, for all of those things. But that's Spanish culture. And I'm not gonna be able to change yeah. people not eating late at night. So what do we do? So we're even looking, maybe it might not happen, but we're looking into things as simple as, well, maybe next season we train from 11 till one and we train from six till eight so that they actually get out and eat the meal that they're going to eat anyway as their main meal. And it's straight away after training and it helps them recover. And then we maximize the sleep on the other end of things in the morning. So Maybe I have to, if I can't change Spanish culture of when they eat meals and them understanding that that's not great for performance, you know, it's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Maybe I'm the one that needs to change. Whereas the, the Ben of, you know, 1997 yeah, right. to 2005 would have been right. like, you know, no, I'm putting that peg in that fucking hole and it's going to yeah, make it yeah. work. Yeah. Um, so, it changes, so, yeah, it yeah. Changes, so it changes. Yeah, it changes. What about this one? <clears throat> uh, Barcelona or Real Madrid? Which one is it? Don't care. Really don't <laughs> there care. we go. See, he was honest. Mm -hmm. You asked for honesty. He gave you honesty straight up. Yeah. Doesn't watch I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been to a Barcelona game and I'm going to Madrid tomorrow. But um, mm. I don't care. Don't care. Yeah, Not really yeah. a big football. I mean, I like football, but I don't care. Yeah. What about – let's go back up to one up here. I know Gian's really – obsessed with Biederman. Uh Can anybody beat this record? Is this an unbeatable record or, or can this one actually go down? What is the record? 
something like what 140 what is the record john come on you're always talking about this record give me some comments here what's the record in the 200 free world record tell us is it 142 zero flat is that what it is 142 flat um if, it'll pop if up it's there. in if it's in the 142s then yes i do believe someone can beat it yeah yeah 142 flat there you go yeah i thought it was zero zero so yeah yeah i do i do i think it will take a hell of a swim but i do think that's i do think that's beatable yeah popovich is right there i mean he's already he is yeah what do you what do you make of him just in terms of how he is swimming so fast can you can you figure it out I mean, I've never had, we actually had some communication with his father. And in fact, you helped me out with that, with his father and with his coach. And mm -hmm. I think at some point, I'm sure they're going to connect and come, come here to, to car. And they're very mm -hmm. welcome to come in for a couple of weeks and train and, and join in with things. We've got some good 200 freestylers here. Um, I can't really comment because again, I've never been around it too much, but um, I mean, what they're, what they're doing there in that partnership is, is really, really great to see. And um, he's obviously better short course than a uh, sorry, long course than short course. And I thought he raced really well at world short course. It was very much speed on the surface. Um, it's exciting. Yeah. If you had to get me to pick someone who would beat that record, it a hundred percent would be him because again, you know, my philosophy on it, he's, he's coming from a perspective of speed and you can't beat 142 with the greatest of respect. You know, let me pick some swimmers of, of Andy's who I'm friends with. So Daniel Whiffin or, or Felix, for example, they're not going to beat 142-0 because they, Whiffin. Yeah, because yeah, unbelievable. Because they can only go and watch his vlogs. I make a few appearances in them. He's one of the funniest individuals I've yeah. I've ever encountered. Um, uh, and Daniel, if if you do watch this, well done, my man. Great swim. Only yeah, the, only the only only the beginning. Um, but they're not going to break one forty two zero zero for a two hundred freestyle because they to break one forty two zero zero, you probably have to go out in, I would guess, no slower than fifty flat. And they can't go 50 flat for 100 free. So yeah. it's someone that's going to be quick. And if someone like, you know, the gentleman, the young gentleman from Romania you just mentioned, he can go 40, does he go now? 46 for 100 freestyle. So for him to go out 48 high, 49 flat is two, two and a half seconds away from his best, whatever it is, then... Um, then you're in the ballpark, right? Then you then you yeah. can get it done. So Yeah, he's got the he's got the combination, he's got the deadly combination of the speed and the endurance back end to be able to finish it up. So yeah, he he can do it. Um Gian's yeah. saying something here about he obliterated people on the last hundred. Well, there's only two of them, so it was either the first one or the second one, but um came back uh, on the second one uh, pretty crazy fast. Yeah, I mean Popovich has that capability though. You know, he's got the he's got the deadly speed that you talk about and he's got the um you know ridiculous back end. Uh I, I'm more concerned with how do we how do we finally get someone under under 24 on the back end. That's what I'm excited about. I want to see the first 23 back end 50 uh, 100 freestyle, you know. So we're we're mm -hmm. so close. They're peppering that one. Um well, they could they could do it, but it would just mean they're going out slower than they need to do to to actually be swimming an overall time. So yeah, plenty of true. people could come back in twenty three points. But... Mm, true, true. Yeah, go go out in twenty four, come back in twenty three. Yeah, you could do that. That's yeah, you could do that, but but then you're not making a final. So mm, mm, it's up to yeah. you. Yeah. Um, 
mate, we've kept you for a while. The, the uh, I don't know if you're allowed to make a call, but it is exciting. It's exciting. Um, I'm I'm thinking this race of the century in Paris, you know, the 400 freestyle for women is going to be one of those ones that you just can't take your eyes off. It's going to be one of those crazy. If you if you got Ledecky and you got Titmus and you got Summer in there, I mean, all three of them have had the world record at some point. It's just isn't that just wild to think that they're going to go head to head. I'm I'm super excited about a race like that, man. Yeah, it'll be an awesome race. I mean, there's a lot of time between now and then as well, right? So mm. things can develop and change, and mm. um, who knows? Who knows what the landscape will be by the time those those ladies actually get to step on the block? You know, it's only yeah. it wasn't too long ago that the Chinese girl was breaking the short course world record, right, going three fifty one, right. and everyone's like, "Well, this girl's going to be the next big thing. She'll be," and I'm sure that you know she will be when. Um, when when china sort of competes with everybody else on that stage where they really want to perform um so there'll, there'll be at least those three the, the young girl from from new zealand uh is it erica fairweather i think she's coached mm -hmm. by an old friend of mine lars old larsy boy larsy boy if you see this well done my man that's a great swim as well she's she's knocking on those doors of getting down to those times and she's young as well so you're right it's gonna it's certainly an event that's gonna move on um to new levels i think and uh and you've got a lot of very fast women in it so there's there's a lot of races like that though that i think are going to be very very exciting so we'll see you've spent some time with boxel you've sat with him you've had personal conversations with him what, what is the x factor there what's the what's the, the part of this that we're not talking about the, the coaching part i mean obviously you're one of the best coaches in the world you've got you got uh, Anthony Nesty, who's who's coaching Ledecky now. So it's like, how much of the coaching factor plays into this particular race? You'd say. Interesting. Um, I mean, it's always a factor. I, I think athletes, a lot of the time, are uh, at least in part a product of of the environment that they're in. Sure. And and the coach that they work with probably is the main person that sets that environment. So. Right. Um, I mean, all of those athletes you mentioned, I, I think all have great coaches. So, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. I mean, again, I don't want to divulge personal conversations I've had with Dean about Ariane and, and Summer and, and those sorts of tactics or their He's an animal, though, and he's challenges. an animal. He thinks different, that guy, man. Like, I've, yeah, I've had some conversations with him. He, yeah. He's obsessed, mate. I love it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I remember, well, I remember on the back of a bus now, you're going back now, you might have been talking Commonwealth Games 2018 mm. on the Gold Coast. Mm. And him and some other fellow were having a conversation. I was on the back seat of the bus with them back to the village and they were having conversations about, you know, for a million bucks, would you, do you think you could, if you, you had a, on the world's biggest pair of fins and you, you know, <laughs> and you, you dived in and there's crocodiles lined up all down the side of the pool and uh, you dived in for a million, for a million bucks. Could you do the 50 meters knowing that as soon as you dive in the crocs are allowed to come in you know <laughs> stupid stuff like that or would for a million bucks would you jump out of an airplane without a parachute at a certain height knowing that the world's best skydiver is going to dive out he's going to dive out you know 30 seconds after you but for that 30 seconds plus whatever time he gets to try to catch you you have no parachute would you do that for a million bucks and it's like what is this what's this fruit loop talking about but um <laughs> Very nice guy, obviously a great coach, thinks about things a lot. 
And yeah. uh, I, I always enjoy my, my conversations with, with people like that. You know, so. He's a good man. I enjoy this one, mate. Listen, it's gone an hour away from your family. I appreciate it. Um, very selfish of us to take your time. But like, you look, there's 73 people around the world right now in the chat, mate. So it's just not me and you here. It's a, it's a bunch of people. So a lot of people take a, a lot from this chat. Again, you're one of the best to ever do it, not only just right now, but ever in history in Europe. You, you're setting a standard that is um, gold, mate, gold standard. So uh, I'm I'm proud to call you a friend. I appreciate you picking up the phone every time I uh, bug you. But um, good luck over the next couple of months, mate. I hope everything works out all right. Hey, no worries. And um, and thanks thanks for inviting me on. And, and good luck with everything with, with you. And I hope your twins are doing well, mate. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I look forward to catching up soon. Yeah, it's 4.30 in Boston. I think we're going to... Get them out of get them out of the bedroom now, and we'll go we'll go for dinner. We'll go have some dinner, so uh, should yeah. be good. All right, mate. Hey, listen, appreciate this, Ben. Thanks for everyone in the comments section. Thanks for doing this live. A little bit of fun, why not? You know, shit, have, have some fun, have a little drink, and uh, cheers, mate. No worries. Thanks a lot. See you, mate. See ya.